Welcome to the Captain's Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle McCallum. I am a teacher at Freedom Fellowships, serving Northeast Ohio, a church located in Kent. And the Captain's Thoughts Podcast is a podcast we'll be putting out twice a month. We'll be covering various theological topics, current events, and I also will be inviting guests on my show to interview them and hear their stories. Guests from within the church and from without, if that's how you can say it. But today, I have as my special guest for the first audio-only episode, Carlel Howard. Hey, first time with you today. It's great to be here. Welcome to the show. Carlel, it's an honor having you today as my first ever guest. Wow. And I couldn't think of a better guest to have. Carlel and I have been friends for 15 years. Probably over now. That's a little bit over. 15 years. We've known each other, been doing ministry together. And Carlel has a podcast of his own. Yes. That he runs where he talks about good news. Yes. It's called Five Minutes of Good Stuff with Carlisi. That's right. So I want to. As my first guest, someone who had some podcast experience. Thank you. Some would say the longest pod, running podcast in our fellowship. So much. <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would have that one beat. So that's tremendous, though, Carlo. But uh, anyway, yeah, we've, we've uh, done ministry together for many mm-hmm. years here. You've been, your story is just a, an incredible story. It's, it's something I think that uh, really speaks to God's grace and, uh, you know, how you've had your ups and downs but uh the lord's always brought you back time yeah, and time again and sure. um so i want to talk about that today just because i find it so fascinating i think a lot of people find it edifying so um when did you first start coming around i believe it was probably uh 2005 or 2006 was when i was invited to the uh word high school uh bible study at your dad's house. Oh, um, yeah. I did not know Our it was a Bible ministry. study. I knew it to be, uh, let's go play Super Smash Brothers. But <laughs> you didn't know it was a Bible study. It was a Bible study. <laughs> you got bamboozled. I've been bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> the old trick move. I get it. You know, And I'll just throw this out there. If you're trying to do evangelism and inviting people out, make sure you tell them what's up. <laughs> be forthcoming that it is a Bible study. Yes. But, uh, you know... Still, you can put those activities out there as a fun thing to yeah. attract people. For you, it's Smash Brothers, huh? It was highly attractive. Yes, yes. Super I, Smash I, Brothers was the popular thing. Yeah. In the uh, the the mid two thousands, there. Mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's uh, you know, being in the youth group, that's how I would get all my friends coming out. Mm-hmm. Be like, we're playing Smash Brothers. We're playing Guitar Hero. Yeah, Guitar that Hero. was the thing. There's yeah. something to be said about having you know the activities. Be a crucial part if you're trying to reach the youth, you know, that like for sure be creative with it and also be, um, you know, uh, make sure their activities that th- the, understand what the youth are doing, what the kids are doing, mm-hmm. what they're into. But anyway, point. yeah, so you, so Brian invited you, yep, good friend, smash bros, Brian and then surprise teaching, surprise teaching, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was quite the journey because, uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into 30 minutes away from home. Uh, and this random guy picked us up and took us in his, station, his tourist station wagon. I'll never forget that. Uh, and we drove 30 minutes and ended up in stove. You know, I was like, okay, this is a whole nother city. I didn't expect that. And, and we went to the house. And Do you remember uh, 
what the teaching was, your first teaching. I do not. No? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I got in trouble uh, because I was chit-chatting with probably Jordan uh, um, and because I didn't really know what was happening. Uh, I was probably really, really talking and <laughs> did not remember. I remember who I met. I remember the names of the people who I first met. Yeah. Um, but that was about it. And I remember, um, yeah, we had that little corner slot over there and the little back cut out of the second basement. I don't know what level four that was, but, and we played Super Smash Bros. I kind of remember vividly some of the things, but not the teaching. Yeah. And from there, you started coming around more. And, you know, it reminds me of something that uh, Pastor Dottie Lewis he uh, had a teaching at an evangelism conference I went to recently where he said that when you're doing evangelism, people often fall in love with the people first, mm. the community first, and then they fall in love with Jesus. And that sounds, I mean, I know that you had already received Christ at this point at your previous church, which we'll talk about yeah. in a second, but, but you know, getting, you weren't really plugged into a church community until right. here. And it was like, um, you know, falling in love with the people. And, you know, it's interesting. That was what you remember first, you know, before, like, the actual teachings. And then, you know, I'm sure you've remembered teachings since then, probably. Uh, At least one or two, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) At least. So let's talk. So so you start coming around, but um, you've already had a church background. Yes. Before this. Tell me about that. Born and raised in the uh, Pentecostal charismatic denomination. Oh, wow. Um, Uh. You know, uh, we we had multiple church services on Sundays, Bible study on Tuesday, choir rehearsal on Wednesday. Sometimes we have a Friday night service, <clears throat> but yeah, it was it was constantly uh, um, lots of singing, dancing, shouting, speaking in tongues. Um, that was that was pretty much my my bringing. It was my grandfather's church, so that's kind of where family time was spent was was at the church yeah um and uh that that was that was mostly it for uh my, my childhood i didn't really understand what i was reading because it was all king james version which is by far uh, an extremely hard text to read at least for someone yeah. um young i don't really understand English that well, so I'm like reading old English. There are some uh, <laughs> church traditions that say that the King James Version is the only legitimate uh, translation, mm-hmm. uh, English translation of the Bible. Yep, um, that's, that's what they believe. Well, wow. at least that particular church did believe. Yeah, but, sure. Um, yeah, we never read in KJV, only the regular KJV. KJV. Yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was my upbringing there. I... Uh, uh, I so in terms of when I received Christ, I went up as they did like an altar call and they made me repeat the words that this guy was saying and then boom, you're saved. Fun fact, I actually did that three times. Uh, and the third time they were like, whoa, he already accepted Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it because people would cheer and like it was a really fun time to go up. And it seemed like they were really excited for this person. So I wanted to experience that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I don't think I really made the decision to uh, and understood what it meant to uh, come into a relationship with Christ until my mom took me to see a play called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Oh, wow. Um, it was a big production. In fact, fun fact, it's on YouTube. You can actually watch the full play. Yeah. It was a popular play. But it depicted all these people in different scenarios of life, um, some young, some old, some middle-aged, and uh, something drastic would happen. Drastic? Dramatic? Or yeah. something like that. Uh, I don't know which one I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> but they would, they, would, they would pass on. They would die some way. And some of the people there 
Uh, next thing they know, they're in hell or they're at heaven's gates. And hell was wow. depicted so... Um, it was honestly kind of... Um, what's the word when it kind of messes you up? It ruins you. It's like a travesty. like Almost like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It really just impacted me to where I was really, really scared. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, uh, it, it was so, it made me so fearful. I says, I don't want to go to hell because that looks, that is terrifying. Yeah. And at that moment, I understood the difference in what God had done to save us from hell. Uh, obviously their depiction of hell is, uh, didn't really speak on the separation from God and separation from love. It was more like people were screaming and flames everywhere. So, so that was, but it, it was impactful on me. Yeah. So um, I went up on the stage. I uh, one of the few times in my life where I've had tears just falling down my face, and uh, that's when I think I truly did make my declaration to uh, accept Christ into my life. So I was about uh, maybe thirteen. Uh, my dad was still alive, so it, it would have been thir- twelve or thirteen. Yeah, we'll talk about your dad here in a second because I think that's a crucial part of of your story here. But you know, it, just thinking about um, you know that that kind of upbringing and. Um, you know, the, the, the fear that's at the heart of that. I mean, there, there is something that, you know, that, that will drive people to the Lord's arms sometimes, you know, just in, in, uh, you know, out of fear, it's like a, a save me kind of thing. It's how, you know, definitely want to avoid hell, but you know, what I find as a motivator, it's a poor motivator mm-hmm. to walk with Christ, you know, uh, fear. Yeah. And it's, you know, in, in Romans, he says, it's the, uh, do not uh, know that the, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance and, and, uh, you know, having uh, gratitude for the gospel, gratitude for him, it's much better. Fear will motivate you for a time, but not it won't keep you on the path, um, you know, going. And, and so, and it sounds like, you know, based on your upbringing, you, were, you struggle with a lot of fear. Oh, yeah. 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 Big time. Uh, God, was, God was terrifying. Um, I thought that, uh, at least from what I understood from the sermons, is that you could lose your salvation. Um, he could take it away anytime he wanted to, wow. unless you ask for forgiveness, and then he will grant you back your salvation, so to speak. So I, I had to remember every time I sinned that I need to ask for forgiveness or I'm destined to hell. So wow. I woke up lots of nights from thunderstorms. I can remember scary thunderstorms. Also, I'm a kid, so it's just a, it, but they were loud and noisy. And that was my depiction of the rapture was this loud, crazy noises, thunderstorms. And I wake up frantically, like pleading God, you know, please forgive me for my sins, the ones that I forgot, the uh, uh, ones that I'm going to do. Like I'm just like begging for yeah. forgiveness so that I don't go to hell. So wow. that was a lot of lot of nights doing that. Yeah, you know the 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 fear motivation. It's it's something that you know when when uh, children are, are raised up and that uh, it can actually lead. And it typically does lead to to kids abandoning the faith, which is the majority of kids raised in the church abandon the faith and. Um, the uh, wh- why that is is because the fear it's it becomes overwhelming and it becomes something where it's like you know based on people I've talked to on this that that it's like you either uh, uh, you know are just completely immobilized by fear or you know you end up just saying screw it you know like I'm I'm done I'm tired of just living in fear and so I'm gonna find reasons and excuses to to le- abandon the faith completely. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what you find, and it's like, might as well just do whatever I want. You know, I'm just tired of being scared all the time, um, which is, you know, unfortunate because, you know, there's a lot of joy to mm-hmm. be had uh, and security of being in the Lord, and you know, relationship with Him is not about fear. It's, yeah. it's about love and 
Um, anyway, it sounds sounds like you know as you were coming around, those uh, you're starting to discover that. But tell me about mm-hmm. your father. Yeah, um, obviously that's, that's a crucial part of your story, and uh, you know what happened there. Yeah, you know, my, my father was uh, was a great guy. He's he's everything that uh, I aspire to be. Um, he's a really super friendly person. Um, he could. He knew everywhere he, he went, he knew somebody that he knew he knew, like from high school or church, or whatever. And uh it's fun to see that happening to me now because we like this one time we were in Pittsburgh randomly, me and my wife, and someone I knew out of nowhere just popped up and I'm like, hey, you know, she's like, you know people everywhere. I was like, Yeah, I guess so. I get that from my dad. But my dad was extremely uh, uh personable, had an amazing personality, um, and nothing was wrong with him. A healthy guy, um, uh, uh, he 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 loved the Lord. He was a pastor. Um, wow. I could not predict ever losing my dad at a young age. Yeah, uh, but in his mid forties, uh, about forty, I think it was forty four, forty five. Uh, he went to uh, the hospital because he wasn't feeling well. Something was wrong, and uh, turned out that his ulcer burst. Which I never heard of that, but I didn't think no nothing about it. Like no big deal. And uh, I, uh, the last words I said to him was I was praying for him. And uh, his wife, who was on the phone with, uh, uh, she was communicating because he was getting ready for surgery. Um, he just gave me a thumbs up, she told me. And that was the last time I talked to him. Um, he went to uh, uh, get the surgery done. I don't know the medical reasoning why, and I can't really remember why they did it this way. But they kept him in a medically induced coma for too long. Uh, which I'm not sure if that caused him to become brain dead or not, but that was the results. And um, it was a very hard week of uh, sleeping in the hospital, waiting to see results of different tests they were trying to do. Um, But eventually we watched them. They had to pull the plug and we watched him take his last breath. So um, it was very traumatic for me. Uh, I, I was deeply depressed. Uh, there were a couple of small moments where I contemplated suicide just because I did not want to live in a world where I didn't have my dad. Wow. Um, I, I loved him dearly, and it was it was very traumatic. Uh, as to why that had to happen to him at such, such a young age uh, was really rough for me as a kid. Um, and and uh, uh, that that still hurts me until the day when it comes to death. I don't uh, I don't react normally to death as a normal person would um uh it it finds me very emotionless at times uh because i think something kind of snapped it broke when i had to go through all that trauma where i'm like uh dry heave sobbing because of all the things that were happening that week to the point where he finally passed away there was like i couldn't even cry anymore because i was just so done um uh so uh a lot of times People who know me now and I share my story about wanting to get to heaven, it's like, uh, I'm like, sometimes I'll say, well, uh, God and Jesus are cool, but like, I'm trying to find my dad, you know, let me go, let me go help my dad. That's what I really want to do. So, um, that was, uh, uh, my, my time with my dad and, and, uh, I have a few videos of him that I watch from time to time and it's very emotional, but so I mean, it sounds like you know that that was something. So you, that because it's so traumatic that that was something that you put walls up that oh, yeah. to kind of close yourself off emotionally. Yeah. Uh, from people and then especially from other tragedies, just so you, so you're not hurt again from that, which right makes sense. Um, and we were talking earlier too. You you were you were telling me that uh, you know that 
um, you know, losing your father, uh, um, and you know, the, combined with the church upbringing, that you were kind of headed on a trajectory for uh, rebellion or, or yeah. leaving the faith, basically. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a plan. Um, Eighteen was uh, I'm going to move out. That's what my brother did. He moved out on his graduation night. And I was like, that sounds like a solid plan. Uh, and I was planning on doing drugs uh, and <laughs> and working for a warehouse. That what was drugs were you planning to do? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I think I was going to start marijuana and work my way around and see what I get into. And um, you had not tried drugs. I have never tried drugs in my entire life. Uh, yeah, that's what's funny to me is you know, normally people are uh, <laughs> fall into drugs. Yes. They're trying it with their friends. I don't know if I ever met someone who like planned to get into drugs. <laughs> yeah, I had a plan, man. And the crazy thing was, there was drugs all around me. People were doing, they were they were smoking weed, seventh, eighth grade, you know, yeah. uh, maybe even earlier. There was opportunity. I, I could find someone and get it easily, but I never did it. But I planned on it when I turned 18. Why 18? I, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, maybe because I was an adult and I could move out and be that warehouse full-time worker and smoke weed and be okay. Um, but that was my plan. I was just done. I was done with uh, my mom's rules. I was done with going to church. Uh, 18 was going to be my my escape route. Hmm. So then finding, um, you know, this new group, this new word to, to be a part of uh, seemed to kind of ha- alter that trajectory uh, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Part of my testimony is uh, as traumatic as it was watching my dad die. Um, the only reason why I accepted uh, my friend uh, Brian Bassett's invitation to come to the Word High School Bible Study was because I was in a very emotional state, uh, mm-hmm. and that's why I even gave him the light of day. Although me and Brian were like kind of buddy buddy before that, I would never trust a random friend to go, you know, thirty minutes away to a Bible study, uh, and neither would my mom, which was amazing at how gracious she was um, to allow uh, me to go to some random person's house thirty minutes away. Um, and that's that's where the verse that that uh, oh man, I quoted earlier. Let's see if I could do it again. Uh, so all all good things come to those who believe. Is that along? God, the, yeah, God that, works all things yes. to good for those who I was believe halfway him, there. trust Him. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and, and trust Him. Yes. Thank you. So really, the only reason why I'm here today is because of um, the Lord speaking to Brian and him taking that initiative and listening to the Lord and saying. You know, I, I need to invite you to my high school Bible study. If my dad didn't, like, I'm not saying that uh, uh, God caused that to happen or whatever, but he took that situation of my deep depression and suicidal thoughts and was like, hey, I, I'm, I want I want to save you. I want to save you from your depression. I want to help you out here. But you got to, you know, you obviously have to take initiative to say yes to this if you want to, to uh, um, uh, come walk with me. And uh, if it wasn't for Brian, I wouldn't have, I've told him this before, anything I have today was because you listening to the Lord and allowing uh, him to work through you. And me listening, obviously, was a part of that, too. But like you took the real initiative to yeah. invite your random friend out to a Bible study 30 minutes away. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's kind of um, something. To, as far as looking at the brighter picture there, as the Lord was very kind and generous to, you know, help me out there. Yep. So you get plugged into community and and uh, start your walk with the Lord there um, in high school, learning things, and then pretty soon you're in college. Yes. Move into a ministry house. Yes. 
I was invited to move into the ministry apartment, which is, uh, we have a few of those, like, well, we have a lot of those now, but um, basically a ministry apartment is just a, a apartment of guys who want to get together and serve the Lord together. Yeah, and living be, together, doing life together. Yeah. Or girls, you know. They, oh, girls, yeah, girls yeah. are allowed to. They're, I think <laughs> not in the guy's house. Oh, oh yes, of specific, course, of course. You know, just for anyone who's not familiar. But those, yeah. are, uh, those are the special kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, there, there was also a lot of growing and maturing because not only did I have to live with other people, I had to learn how to to love and serve and and, and grow with these people. So that was a really defining uh, moment in my college career too. Was uh, and, I mean I still struggle, but it really yeah. was a big help. But you were so. teaching. I remember mm-hmm. teaching. Maybe I taught with you a couple of times. We were in a small group together. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. yeah. That's right. Trying yeah. to figure things out. It was a beautiful time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll mention too just about the ministry house. Like I, I think that uh, in many ways the ministry house is kind of uh, the seat of our ministry and yeah. uh, freedom fellowships because. You know, that's where uh, Christian men and Christian women are really, they're doing life together. Mm. Um, but, you know, they can really challenge each other. They can uh, encourage one another. Um, and, and living together makes all the difference, as opposed to many Christian kids who end up going to college and, you know, they're go- thrown immediately into the dorm life, which is pretty, it can be pretty debauched. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, many, many kids uh, leave the faith at that age, you know, mm-hmm. and it's no coincidence. Uh, they don't have a network, a community that they're part of, that they're living with. They don't have that accountability, and so they're kind of on their own. Right. Um, and that, you know, it's it's like kind of throwing your kids to the wolves, you know, college uh, doing that. But mm-hmm. that's where the the ministry house is really helpful with that doing life together, the accountability, uh, and also fighting for a mission yeah. together, right? And doing doing ministry uh, evangelism and all that stuff mm-hmm. um, is just tremendous. So you know. Ministry houses, where yes. that's where it's at. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. So you're growing, so you're walking, um, and you know, teaching, and you have your ups and downs. Absolutely, uh, but tell me, you know, we we talked about how you know as the COVID um, pandemic hit, oh, that yeah. you hit, you know, perhaps you know one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, roadblocks in your life and uh, your yeah. spiritual walk as a Christian. Yeah, um, walk me through that. Yeah, for sure. I think. Um my one of my flush tendencies is retreat, uh, denial, and cynicism. I think that's a big, yeah, f- big part of my flush. And uh, there were a few moments where, like, I had this ref- reverted back to my flush and my Christian walk, where it's like, okay, I'm ready to leave God. But I wasn't like serious about it. I just kind of thought about it, and yeah. you know. Made we should some... mention by this point, you'd already graduated college. Yes, got your degree, got a full time job, got married. Yeah, even and so you know you were full fl- you know adult. You I'm were adulting. Adult. You know, I'm an and, adult. And you are adult. You know, you are that. But then and yet, you know, when you're at your most stable in terms of these things, you know, crisis hits. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, you're not interrupting. Just catching that, us that, up to speed. Yeah. That catches everyone up. Yeah, it, it is true. Like. You think you're supposed to have your stuff together, but um, there's still a great battle going on, a spiritual battle. And uh, I definitely was giving in to the flesh um, and my cynicism. And it was very easy. I think the, the trigger point was that COVID locked us in our homes. Yeah, so, the so isolation. Yeah, I was isolated. Um, uh, just me and my wife and work. That's all I, that's all I was doing. Um, and there was also just this weird tension between you know 
why are people not wearing masks? And should I? Because I'm at risk. And all these, we didn't understand what was happening. So yeah. it's very easy to be very de- defensive about these things. So that so also kind of that polarization that they were seeing in the rest of the culture. That's getting into churches too. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know, are the people in the church aren't wearing masks? So now I'm you know going to cause a big problem. Yeah. Over that, which you know I'll mention is uh, you know are, are things that churches are facing across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, really, just this increasing. Uh, polarization you know specifically around political things and not that mass are political but it's just an example that there's you know with the covid pandemic hitting people have left the church in droves um i've went to evangelism conference a couple months ago and that's you know they were presenting all the stats around that people left and uh, a lot of it was around issues of mask mandates Mm. of vaccination that kind of stuff and uh, you know i'm just was hearing that you know, just kind of amazed that, you know, something as, as simple as like a disagreement over a cloth on your face or whatever, uh, yeah. you know, could cause people to like forsake and leave their community or love mm-hmm. communities, you know, but um, that's something churches are facing across the nation today, that's crazy. you know, but anyway. Yeah, that's, that's where I was. That's crazy that I thought it was just kind of me, but it sounds like it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, so that stopped us from going to things is like people weren't wearing the mask. Hmm. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to go there. I'm at risk. So we, you know, retreated more and more and everything was on Zoom. And, you know, you can, can't really tell how I'm feeling on Zoom. So yeah. I kind of made it by for a while, actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, got colder and colder. And my, my cynicism was at an all time high, I think. Um, so what was that cynicism like? I mean, just like doubts about people, or uh, not doubts, but maybe distrust of people and yeah judging. yeah like pe- these people don't care you know um they don't care about me they don't care about uh you know they could be killing people i thought of like they're asking me these questions where they were just trying to check in with me i'm like they don't really care they're just asking because they don't look good on the zoom mm-hmm. or whatever everyone's out to get me i'm bitter now wow. i'm gonna stick in my bitterness you know my, my best friend rich he said something to me that cost me the wrong way uh now i'm more bitter and i'm just gonna let that seep and i, I have to tell him so yeah. i'm just gonna keep getting bitter and bitter and so yeah everything everything rubbed me the wrong way extremely negative extremely cynical and so it got to the point where i think i, I was just like well that's it i'm done um and i mean it this time uh, there's nothing that anyone could do to convince me otherwise. I think I think I'm ready to call it quits. Wow! And that was that was not only leaving this church. It was like I'm done with the God thing. Mm. Um, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll like still follow some of the pastors I like to listen to. Shout out to Greg Laurie. Uh, but, <laughs> he's, he's a good but, but it's like you know that's as far as I'll go. Maybe I'll listen to to Greg Laurie, but I think I'm done with this God thing. Yeah. Um, this is just too much. Hmm. Um, I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather just uh, you know, stay at home and do nothing, pretty much. That's yeah. the alternative. <laughs> I'll wow. stay at home, do nothing, and play video games. Um, so it wasn't until, I don't know if this is jumping ahead or not, uh, but I was stuck in the rut. My, my, my best friend is... Well, before I give that, I do want to oh, you know, just uh, yes. mention, too, that you know, it's interesting about your story. What's, what sticks out to me there is the isolation that it was mm-hmm. kind of the you know, started all this, that we're designed for community, we're designed yeah. for love relationships. And when we are disconnected or disconnect ourselves from community, 
these thoughts, these doubts, these, uh, you know, uh, thoughts of like, I, I can't trust these people and all that, like that starts creeping in and it's illo- it's illogical yeah. most of the time. And, and it's, it's like nothing really terrible happened, but it, it's just like, it's almost as we cut ourselves off, like that's where we're at our most vulnerable mm-hmm. and that's where Satan, you know, can, can come in and, and start sure. really messing with people and, and, you know. That's what the Bible tells us, that you know Satan's looking, prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's looking for those people who are at their most vulnerable, who are cut off, who don't have the strength of, of uh, the body of Christ, the community mm-hmm. that they're leaning on. And so you know, anyone that, that willingly chooses to remove themselves from their, their community, their church community, you're putting yourself and your family at risk. Yeah. Um, is that's that's what I'm getting from your story here. No, that's that's but. very true. Like just looking back at it, like some of the thoughts I had were so like critical and harsh that like you know I started believing them. And then speaking of the families, it's like my wife who you know all she was really communicating with was me and her girls on Zoom, and that was about it. So most of the time, she heard me just spewing cynical thoughts and negative oh, thoughts and then that started to be an influence on her bless her heart yeah uh, yeah <laughs> she she began then to start saying the things that i was saying and, yeah. and starting to, to 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 become more cynical too so i was bringing her under with me and i was like and then when i finally told her i was like yeah i think i think i'm i'm done uh you could still go and you know i'm gonna do my own thing though but like, i don't want to stop you obviously because you you you're, you're having yeah. a good time but uh as for me i'm out so um which confused her greatly and mm. that caused, caused a rift in our marriage a little bit because i'm like uh we're not we're not heading on the same path yeah and i'm taken away from the thing that brought us together right uh well, I have marriage one flesh the bible describes that so what happens to one happens to both you know yeah. so there's uh it's hard to separate the two but mm-hmm. um anyway so so then what happened yes Great question. So one thing that I, I, I think that I failed to mention, and maybe I did, but like, even though I'm doing all these things for, and this is kind of like how on guard you have to be, like before COVID, you know, I was serving at Johnny and Friends, it was a life-changing event. I wrote a blog about how life changing was. Lord was like really transforming. This is me. a Johnny and Friends retreat where you serve. Yeah, the respite there. thing this, that we yeah, were talking about cool. earlier. Um, that it was super life changing. Anyone who goes will can contest attest to that. Not contest, don't contest it. Uh, and I'm teaching. I'm I'm like uh, um, you know teaching home church. Our 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 meeting, our small meeting, like once a month at least. And uh, you know I'm in a discipleship someone's you know trying to mentor me and help me to be uh you know more spiritual i guess you could say and all these things are happening and COVID hits and like uh even before COVID, i had my doubts and my struggles and there were a couple of times they're like ah, i think i'm done but then COVID hits and then um it got stronger and stronger and stronger and i think some of the reasons why that happened was because when i wasn't serving i wasn't really getting into the word more so i wasn't combating the thoughts that the evil one was giving me or however he was trying to influence me. Um, So it's like sometimes uh, when I see people struggle, it's like, whoa, like, dude, I can't believe you're struggling. You're super spiritual. Uh, But it's like it can happen in such a quick instant. Like you don't even realize that, you know, Satan's trying to influence you this way and you're not like uh, 
how are you trying to combat him from that? And that's basically was the turning point was when I finally decided, okay, let's combat this. Uh, And that was a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was actually through uh, our cell group, our, our men's only group. Um, started a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Oh, yeah, it's a great book. So at that point, actually, I think I had been through some hard talks with people, but not everyone knew my thoughts on things. And uh, we were reading the book, and it's describing all these things about heaven and how amazing it is. Mm. And it's bringing in this gratitude of, uh, don't you see what is heading, what direction you're heading in? You know, God has made this wonderful dwelling place for you uh, once you pass on. Yeah. And, like, this is your, like, this is where, you're, this is your goal. This is where you're heading. And he saved you from the complete opposite, you know, separation from him, uh, uh, which is hell. Yeah. And don't you see, like, these amazing things that are going to be there? It's not just we're playing harps in heaven and sitting on clouds and doing nothing. But, like, it just talks about it's so descriptive of what's going to be there. And I thought about my dad and what he's, what he could be doing there because, um, there's a verse and I can't quote this one with the other one, but it's like, you know, the things that are on earth, they're going to be in heaven too. And there may be a verse or something like that. I'm not sure, but he talks about that in a book. It's like, okay, so heaven is like not a totally different place. It's just, uh, a more, um, what's the word? It's, uh, it's how earth, should be before the fall pretty much uh and so my dad could be watching a movie um or my dad could be you know going to comedy show or whatever he could be playing basketball my dad introduced me to all those things by the Uh way so um he could be doing all those things in heaven he's not just sitting there uh singing constantly to god like i just imagined heaven was like we're just singing to god the whole day and that's it and we're playing our harps or whatever. So that really drastically changed my thought towards heaven. And there was this quote in the book, which I should have probably prepared and had it ready. But it was saying that, like, essentially, the church that you're going to, um, man, I forgot the quote. But it was along the lines of, like, you are not going to find the perfect church. Mm. No matter where you go, each church is going to have its own flaws yeah. um, and issues. No one's going to be perfect. If you leave, and I'm so totally paraphrasing now, uh, <laughs> but if you, li- if you leave to go to a different church, they're not going to be perfect. They may not be better. You yeah. know, like they're, they're going to have their own set of issues. And so what it came down to was also was I was putting a lot of blame on this church. Mm. Like, this church is causing me these issues as well. Everyone's against me. And I wasn't facing God. Yeah. It was, I was turning it towards everyone but God. Yeah. Like, you are an issue, and life would be better without you, and I'm better at you. But none of it was towards God. It was all just towards the people around me, which, in reality, these people are just trying to care for me. (laughs) But but I was taking that and twisting it, and Satan was just feeding into that. Yeah. Um, so reading that, it broke me down and, uh, I, I admitted to my men's group, like, you know, I just want to let you guys know, like I was, had very strong plans of 
calling it quits with God and calling it mm. quits with this church. And I opened up with him about it, and I said, this book and what this guy just talked about, um, man, I wish I had that quote on hand. But that was like yeah. the game-changing moment there. It was like, yeah. it's my issue with God. I'm not, I haven't been focusing on God at all. It's been just focusing on people yeah. and how they're causing me strife and issues. Um, so it was very quickly uh, a, a life-changing event reading that book because not only I, I understand heaven more and how it's not just a simple place. It's very vast, and there's so many things there. But it's like the Lord has prepared this for each of us, um, and how loving and gracious is he to care that much about us to do something so amazing. Um, yeah. And also I just had to talk with God about, hey, man, you know, this has been happening and I've been pointing it towards people, but you know, I really needed to bring this to you. Yeah. So, and, I mean, that, that's uh, repentance is, is what you're describing. Repent yeah. of the Lord and, and I expose these things to you. And you know, I, what, what I've always found just incredible about your story too, is what happened after that, as you turned back to the Lord and then how he started working through you, mm-hmm. uh, honoring you know that that uh, that change of heart, orienting yourself back towards him, towards the people that care about you. He honored that, and in particular through uh, your work with your mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, talk with me about that. What 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 happened there with your mom? Yes. So um, I think uh, a great part of this church too is that we 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 are trying to raise up people, obviously to walk in the Lord, mm-hmm. but also some of that uh, I think comes into like you know, healing family uh, relationships. Yes. And yep. I think that's a big push we, we, we try to um, push with people as well. And so so leaving my, my mom when I was 20, I moved out and uh, lived with my brother. Or maybe I was 19. And uh, we left on a pretty bad note. Um, I won't, I'll spare you the story, but basically th- there, was a, there was definitely a... Um, I was okay not talking to her, uh, and I was okay being done with our relationship, but I would still <clears throat> go to church on Sunday because, um, this is after I moved out just because I wanted to help out my grandfather and I promised him that I would help him with music. I played the organ there mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and so I would see her then and, and maybe we'd chat, but not, nothing too serious. It was extreme bitterness. Um, to on my end, and that it was nothing in regards to her, um, but just how things happen. So we left on a bad note, and uh, so I moved out. I came up here and moved into the ministry house, and and so there, we're talking about relationships, and there's always occasionally a teaching on being thankful and healing fam- past family trauma and things like that. And I think that was really the big push on me going back to love my mom, which is something I didn't want to do. Um, I was very against it. Mm. And um, it was it was it was pretty intense. Uh, so we we kind of made baby steps and and started to become friends over the years, which has been cool. Uh, but then uh, let's see here, uh, December twenty twenty. Uh, well, sorry, Janu- June twenty twenty. My grandpa has passed away. Oh. So that was her last living relative, and uh, um, it was it was pretty heartbreaking scenario with her family a lot of uh um uh, a lot of division yeah and uh it came to the point where she was uh about to not have a place to live yeah 
And uh, it was so crazy how the path, how everything worked. She had a place. Uh, she wanted to, to live in this one place, and the family just wasn't agreeing on that. And it got real bad. Yeah. So um, without hesitation, really, I was like, you can come live with me. Yeah. And Kayla, my wife, was on board. We had actually offered it to her a year before that, um, but we were kind of relieved because we just got married. So we were yeah. kind of like, oh, thank God. Uh, but we 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 have this two-bedroom apartment. I was like, we got a room. Like, we can, it was our office. We can move this and you can come live with us. And we actually meant it from a loving way. And I don't think that uh, if things were going the way they were going during COVID, I would not have offered that to my mom at all because right. I was in such a dark place. Like, I don't want to help you. You know, you can, you have money. Go get an apartment. Uh, but she was struggling much more than just needing a place. It was, there was some emotional healing that needed to be done, um, as well as just getting a new start. So we, the compassion is the big part that I had, which my cynicism was so strong that compassion wasn't a word that I understood because everyone was against me or don't deserve what they have or they shouldn't be experiencing these nice things. You know, everything was bad for me. So the fact that we were able to have compassion for her, I think, was a big, big step. I never wanted to live with my mom again, <laughs> which most people are like, ah, I got to live with my parents again. I've done it since I was 18, which was true for me. So it's been like 12 years um, or 11 years, 10 years. And um, it was it was so cool. It was it was it was a defining part of our relationship that we were able to help my mom in a rough time where. A lot of people weren't helping her. Um, close people weren't helping mm -hmm. her. So it was, it was very upsetting to see that. Um, but I'm glad that we were able to do that. And that is truly the Lord, you know, looking back over my whole walk, how it started with Brian and, uh, and how I struggled along the way. I never saw a time where I would be willing to help my mom in the way that I've helped her. Um, but that is just the Lord working on my heart and transforming me up to the last minute because, yeah. you know, several months earlier, I was ready to call it quits with God, but he was able to quickly transform my heart back on like, do you got to love people? And then he presents me this opportunity where I can love my mom. And she lived with us for, I don't know, six months or so. And it was, it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful time. And uh, the fact that she was encouraged enough to want to, revisit our church was mind-blowing to us and i think that was truly like uh god working on her heart um so i one of the things i i had to learn over the years was i was kind of like shaming other denominations yeah you know i got kind of on my high horse like our church does it the best <laughs> uh and this denomination is wrong for this reason. This denomination is wrong for this reason. And eventually I came to the point either through a teaching or through someone telling me like, these people are still bringing people to Christ. That's where you receive Christ. And you that's know? where I received At your Christ. original church. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Which is funny. That's the name of the church, the original church of God. So <laughs> you, get, you got that, the original church. So, that works out. So that was, I had, I was on my high horse, like all religions are wrong, blah, blah, blah. Denominations got it wrong. We got it right. Yeah. Non-denominational is the way to go. And so, so my, my thing was like, um, you know, it, it, this is not the denomination that she wants to be a part of because right. it's Pentecostal for her. And so when she moved in, we didn't bother inviting her 
to our sure, church yeah. because so someone has a church they're happy with. Yeah, yes, which, which is exactly I had to I had to learn that she, she appreciates that, and she still goes there, which it's it's great, and 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 she loves singing. So I'm glad that she can get that out because we don't we don't do that here, which is fine. Yeah. But you know that's what she grew up on, and that's that's one of the ways she worships the Lord, which is fine. Absolutely. Um, so the fact that she asked to come to one of our our meetings was mind blowing for us. Because we weren't going to. Yeah. That wasn't our plan. And she asked, hey, you still have your meetings? And I was like, yeah, why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, what do you want? You know. Uh, and she's like, well, I, I really want to go. And wow. um, so since January, so we're in um, November. November. Since January this year, she has, she has made more meetings than I have. Wow, which is pretty crazy to think about. She's she's made more meetings than I have, and she's she. I've asked her a couple of times. You know, what, like, what are you thinking about things? And she's like, I like the fact that you you know you guys jump right into the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like you know people are well educated. We can ask questions, and it's like I have a good group of Christian friends. Yeah. That was the big thing for her. Yeah, community people who actually care That's for big. her and and want to be a part of her life. And I've never I've never seen her. Um, I've never seen her so talkative around uh, people in like a meaningful way. Like she's obviously life of the party. That's where I get it from. Huh. Her and my dad uh, were were two super relatable people, and they can light up any room that they go into. Um, but you know, it's just joshing around. They're just joking. Um, but when she comes here, she's like, "Oh, I need to go talk to this person. I want to. I really, I really appreciate talking to this person." Uh, this person, she's so nice to me, and hearing all those things like make makes our heart glad. So it's pretty crazy how how transformative it is in her life too that she knows that something's different. You know, it's just awesome to me. You know that uh, you know right after this uh, crisis of faith and uh, um, you know that you experienced here, that you repented, you turned your turned back to the Lord. Um, you know, rekindled your relationships with your friends, and then immediately, bam, there's the Lord, like just waiting to make you fruitful and yeah. to use you, and He used you to to help, uh, you know, provide and love your mother, and uh, you know, through you, she's been able to be introduced to to a new community yeah. uh, that she loves, and um, you know, that that's fruit, and, and here you are, you know, still involved in our, uh, you know, the the respite ministry and all these things, like you know, the Lord's using you, He's got His hand on you, and so. You know that, and it's just uh, the message of grace. Your story is the message of grace. You know, the Lord's grace mm. just showers upon us, like you know, well beyond anything we deserve. It's uh, He wants to work with us, and and He's not looking for our behavior. He's not looking, you know, for us to, you know, have our acts cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all He wants is our heart, and if we have a heart that says, "Yeah, I want to do your thing," Lord, the Lord's like, "Yeah, let's go right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's run." And and yeah. uh, He shows you amazing things. But that's just an incredible. Testimony there, Carlisle. And here you are today. You are our MC. I'm still here. You're our MC <laughs> for our four o'clock service. On yeah, Saturdays. talk about arguably your most important role. Talk about <laughs> surprising. Yeah. You had mentioned that to me before, and I was like, ah, oh, that's just a that's just an offhand thing. Like, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> and uh and then it actually did happen. Yeah, it was very cool. Tremendous MC, Carlisle. I knew I, we had to utilize that gifting or great people and you got that beautiful voice you, know, you. you got a podcaster's wow. voice and I, I appreciate it's not that. something i have but you know, yeah i i think that uh i think the one thing the lord was showing me too is this like you know with pride and cynicism it's like you offering me that earlier 
mm-hmm. it would be destroyed. I would destroy it somehow, like <laughs> not in a good way. Like, yeah. like I would, I would really not take it graciously and be thankful that I have the opportunity to serve our church in that yeah. way. Um, but it, it is actually, it's super meaningful to me that I get to, to serve in that way yeah. in, in a way that, you know, like I'm not super talented at many things, but one thing I could do is talk. Yeah. <laughs> like I love talking Absolutely. And, and, and to be able to teach and, and to be able to MC, uh, it, it, it means the world to me that, uh, I can do something like that. So, uh, it, it is crazy. Yeah. If, if you offered to me that earlier, it would, it would not have been a good thing. Um, but for the timing, the Lord, like you're saying, yeah, the Lord. The Lord had to do his work in you. And, yeah. And uh, for that's sure. tremendous. Very good, Carlisle. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on here. Yeah. For our first uh, audio episode. Um, again, we'll be putting out Captain's Thoughts every other week uh, and um, bringing in different guests, some from our church, some uh, from outside the church. But. Thanks. Um, and then, you know, talking about the relevant topics of the day also. So a variety show. Of I'm sorts, but very, very excited. I'm sure a lot of people are are, are excited about you getting this jump started back up. So absolutely appreciate you. Make sure you uh, subscribe. You can uh, if you're listening on Spotify. Make sure you follow Captain's Thoughts. Yeah. Um, iTunes, same thing. Turn the bell notification on. Yep. <laughs> the bell <laughs> is that a thing? On that's the, what they that's what they say. But yeah, Spotify. You can turn on the bell and it'll, yeah, it'll alert okay, you. Okay, turn on the bell then, yeah. and you'll get uh, yeah notification as soon as a new episode drops. So um, anyway, I couldn't have asked for a better first guest here thank you. so thanks for joining me brother yes sir and uh we'll see you all in two weeks and enjoy your thanksgiving break yes thanksgiving's in a couple days oh boy um and yeah so this special thanksgiving special you could also oh wow i'm sure we'll do a christmas special also that'd be tight but that one will actually be a you know a holiday special <laughs> but that's all right all right see you all later folks <laughs>